0: now i'm not a writer hey everybody
1: welcome to another episode of everyday el dorado i'm your host deanna bond and i'm here to share my perspective on the fine art of living well every day in el dorado Celebrating 150 years in El Dorado is brought to you by Everyday El Dorado in conjunction with Golden Road Studios, the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Oil Museum, the City of El Dorado, KBTL 88.1 The Grizz, and our series sponsor, Linda Baines, Realtor with Sun Group Real Estate and Appraisal. We're so very grateful for the support that makes this series possible. Welcome back to another episode here on Everyday Dorado, where we are celebrating 150 years in Eldorado, and we are turning back the clock of time on a hunt for history. Yay, we're back. We're back again. Hey, isn't that a song? Back, back
0: again. Look who's back. I thought of Backstreet's back when you said that.
1: Backstreet? Uh-huh. Backstreet voice? Backstreet voice. I was thinking of Slim Shady, I think. Oh, isn't that, isn't that who sings that song? <gasps> yes, is it Sunshade? It is. Oh, yes. gosh. Yeah, I think yes. we should leave all the cultural references Got out of- function, so. <laughs> Oh, if goodness. It is. If you're just joining us, I'm your host, Deanna Vaughn, and I'm joined by Suzanne Molenta, the curator here at the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Law Museum. Hi, Suzanne. Hi. Welcome back. It's good to be back. It is. I'm, I'm so excited. We are on episode four. It's exciting. It is exciting. And uh, this episode was originally scheduled to air on September 30th. Mm -hmm. And if all goes well, it still will. There were a little technical difficulties at the station the first week. So our first episode did not air uh, as planned, but it is going to air on the 16th. Okay. And uh, we'll have the first and second episodes back to back. So that first week. Um, so, if you're just tuning in today, you can catch the replay of those episodes on the podcast. Great. So, Everyday El Dorado on your podcast uh, apps. There's, I think, over 10, mm-hmm. 10 different uh, podcast apps that you can listen to the show on. Um, or, if you don't have a podcast, you can go to our website, everydayeldorado.com, and click the listen to the podcast tab and it will take you straight to the current episode great so uh so what are we going to learn about today are you ready for it i'm ready we have got a lot of stories uh about our early founders and our early histories and there there is a lot Mm -hmm. so i just figured we just are going to take the first nosedive in (laughs) and uh and just start covering them one at a time so we are going to introduce you to the original founders of el dorado and the Eldorado Town Company and some of the towns that they founded.
0: That's great. That's a lot of stuff.
1: All that in one title. Well, honestly, we're probably not going to cover all that in today's episode. We're just going to start. We're going to give a little introduction. Sure. A little and, sneak peek. Yeah, and we have we've introduced a few of those characters before. Uh, there's a there's quite a few, so mm-hmm. we're just going to keep keep moving forward. We hope you're enjoying today's episode, which is brought to you by our series sponsor, Linda at sungrouprealestate.com. And we would love to know your thoughts and comments. So if you'll leave us a comment on our Facebook page, Everyday Eldorado, and please subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel so you don't miss any of these great stories we're covering here on Everyday Eldorado. We're celebrating 150 years in Eldorado. Why would you want to live anywhere else? I know I wouldn't. Our community is marking the 150th anniversary of El Dorado's incorporation as a city of the third class on September 12, 1871. We just celebrated our 149th birthday. Yes, we did. Yay. It was this weekend. It was. Yeah. It was Saturday. Yes. So did you do anything memorable to mark the occasion?
0: I'm sure I read something about El Dorado that day. I'm sure. I'm sure we both probably yes, did Yes, we some. probably
1: did. <laughs> Some elevator research. Well, and the city uh, hosted uh, the I think it's a Wichita Ballet, uh, Children's Ballet, yeah. and they did ballet in the park on Saturday night. So that was nice. Yeah, it was a kind of a nice. Soft, it was a gorgeous day for it too. Oh, it was. It was. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. So that was that was kind of nice that we could have that you know outdoors and could be socially distant, So. I think we're, um, we're going to have some other events and things scheduled throughout the year. This is just the beginning, but the best way to stay socially distant and uh, help us celebrate El Dorado is listen to our podcast. Yes. You can do that each week. Yeah, It's a great way to kick, help kick off the 150th year. Mm-hmm. You can listen at home, in your car.
0: Yes. At work.
1: All kinds of ways. Yep. Oh, gracious. All over again. Let's see. Do we wanna read our intro every time? El Dorado was incorporated as El Dorado Town Company on February 6, 1858 under an act by the governor and legislative assembly of the territory of Kansas.
0: Settled and founded through the struggle to establish Kansas as a free state, El Dorado has a rich history that has been buried and lost to the passage of time. That's right.
1: This ongoing series will unearth those stories and revive the ghosts of El Dorado's past as we discover those stories, more questions are bound to arise. We don't claim to have all the answers, but we do have a curiosity and love to learn. We have a goal to continue seeking and asking and uh, learning
0: more about El Dorado. And in addition to the topic of the week, we also bring you a headline from the past taken from our historic newspaper.
1: Yeah, I thought thought maybe we could go in a slightly different direction this week, but I promise it all ties together. During the early years, the newspaper was not necessarily a daily one. It was published weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, sometimes a little sporadically throughout the month. And so we don't always have newspapers that will correspond with our date, and that's okay. We're going to pick it to go with our topic. So um, by 1892, the Walnut Valley Times is under, under the ownership of Alva Sheldon its second editor. And it is now called the Daily Walnut Valley Times. So on September 24th of
0: 1892, we find this article on the front page. The headline reads, The Death of Judge Lambden. It is with profound sorrow that El Dorado's people yesterday heard of the death of Judge J.C. Lambden, who fell on the streets of Wichita yesterday, September 23rd at 1 p.m., and died within an hour. The Wichita Eagle says, "Yesterday at 1:30, he started south on Lawrence Avenue. When he reached the Glazes Pump and Plumbing House, his steps faltered, his brain became dizzy, his eyes became dim, and he fell on the solid pavement in a fit of a pop, a pop. I'm not going to be able to say this word correctly. Is it a popilexy? A popilexy. Thank you. The bystanders lifted him up. Oh, wait a He's, minute." It's apoplexy. 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 Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or big thesaurus word for the day. (laughs) (laughs) The bystanders lifted him up, carried him into Glaze's store, seated him on a chair, and with a bewildered look, he opened his lips and lisped, Boys, if anything more serious happens to me, take me to the Manhattan Hotel. They know me there. Ben Glaze immediately set to work to procure a doctor, but it was a very hard matter. Finally, he found Dr. Perdue and called him in. In the meantime, a hack was called, and the sick man conveyed to his rooms at the Manhattan. Dr. Perdue did everything possible for him, but all of his efforts were in vain, for he breathed his last at 2.30. His wife was immediately notified at her home in Caldwell, and the body was turned over to the undertaker. Oh, that's sad. That's very sad. That's a sad story. It is. Judge Lambden was about 75 years of age but nobody would take him for more than 50 or 55 at most. He was remarkably well-preserved, and he was not only young in looks, but young in spirit. He associated, but very little, with men of his age, and the man of 30 to 40, the companion which he sought most. His residence was in Caldwell, but his headquarters had been here since the removal of Mr. Oshel in Springfield, Missouri. At the time of his death, he was United States Cattle Inspector for that portion of Southern Kansas, extending from Caldwell and Western to the Colorado line. He and Senator Plum were warm, personal friends, and having met with a reverse of fortune, one of the last friendly acts of Senator Plum before he died was to have him appointed cattle inspector, and in that capacity, he made a very efficient officer. He was a very companionable gentleman and had a long list of warm, personable friends, not only at Caldwell and Wichita, but over the entire state. He was always a Republican and was one of the pillars of the party in Sumner County. He was a member of the Sumner Lodge, number 302, A.F. and A.M. at Caldwell, also a member of the Knights of Pythias and possibly the Grand Army of the Republic. J.C. Lambden was a pioneer in Kansas coming in the then territory in 1856. He came to Butler County in August of 1857 taking as a homestead with with is now the Joel Benson Farm in Chelsea Township. He was a member for two terms of the territorial legislator in 1857 to 1859, his district embracing nine counties. Upon the organization of Butler County, he was elected probate judge, whence the title always given him. He located and laid out the village of Chelsea, which then was fondly hoped to sometime be a city. He was appointed postmaster and was active in promoting the general interest. In 1856, being an ardent free state man, he drifted into the border war. A friend of General J.H. Lane, he took field with that great leader, eventually entered the union service with the rank of lieutenant in the 16th Kansas. He was intimately associated with the early growth and many struggles of El Dorado in which he and his sons were engaged as merchants. First on the corner where now stands Exchange National Bank and later on the site of what is now the Boston Store. Born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, August, oh, sorry, Born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania October 16, 1817, at an early age, his parents removed to Cincinnati, where he was reared and educated. Later, he removed to Indianapolis and then to Paris, Illinois, where in 1856 he was married to Miss Mary Bott. Second wife who survives him. Judge Lambden was tall and commanding figure. He had a keen and able mind. He was one of the most genial and large, warm-hearted men. His generosity never counted cost in relieving distress, nor were steps, hours, or trouble considered when friends needed his aid. He was a resident of Butler County for twenty-four years and of Sumner County for ten. Active in public and political matters, encountering the frictions in business, and in official life. Yet he died without an enemy, and as sincerely mourned as any of many old settlers who have been laid to rest. For more than 30 years, he was a Mason and was one of the charter members and the first junior warden of Patmos Lodge, number 97 in Dorado. He was also a member of the Knights of Pythias, at his home, Caldwell, of the WHL Wallace post GAR here. The funeral occurs tomorrow, Sunday, September 25th at 3 p.m. From the home of the late J.T. Lambden on Star Street. That's an impactful article. It is.
1: You know, and and you and I discussed whether or not we would read the whole mm-hmm. article, share it. And I really thought, sure, we
0: could take some of that out. But there's so many good clues in there. There are. And, and it's good to have a whole rounded picture of someone that we maybe haven't heard about, especially in the history of El Dorado and mm-hmm. Butler County. Mm-hmm
1: i didn't know very very much about him we've been researching a lot of things and his name has popped up in various locations but i hadn't known much about him at all and the thing about obituaries is a lot of times uh, that information comes either directly from them you know Mm -hmm. if they out their funeral and they'll say this is what I want read and these are my Mm -hmm. family and all what I think is important or maybe someone very close to them a surviving uh, family member so we get a lot of good uh, I'd say primary very close good source information Mm -hmm. Um, and of course we learned some more things about about him and uh, his arrival yes his arrival in Butler County El Dorado so something else which is interesting is there's a sketch of uh, Judge Landon alongside this obituary that it takes up almost a full column Oh wow! of, of the paper, right? So we could tell just from reading it that he was well-respected. Even though he hadn't lived in El Dorado, I think, for about 10 years at this point, uh, he was still very uh, well-respected and thought of and loved. Um, but where does that tie in with El Dorado? Because...
0: I don't know, but I think I heard you mention Chelsea. Yes, if you uh, look back to the article, uh, it does state he came to Butler County in August of 1857 and homesteaded a farm in Chelsea Township. Uh, but if we look at an article on page three from September 8 of 1871, we'll find a clue to the connection. Okay,
1: well, let's see if we can uh, pull that up here. So the headline for the article, it's kind of on the middle of the page, says election notice at a meeting of the board of trustees for the town of El Dorado, now in office, held at the law office of W.P. Campbell in the city of El Dorado on the first day of September, A.D. 1871. Present, J.C. Landon, chairman, T.B. Murdoch, C.M. Foulkes. W.P. Campbell was appointed clerk pro tem, ordered that an election be called by the electors of said city to be held at the law office of W.P. Campbell in said city on the 12th day of September, A.D. 1871 for the purpose of electing a mayor, police judge, and five councilmen for said city, and that notice be given by posting up at least six printed notices in the most public places in the city. There being no further business, the board adjourned. J.C. Landon, chairman, attest, W.P. Campbell, clerk pro, term, pro tem. Well, it's hard to read these old, yes. old newspapers, but so then underneath it, it explains the, the rationale for this, um, why this election is taking place on September 12th, 1871, which is the day we now recognize as our birthday. So whereas the town of El Dorado was heretofore organized and incorporated under an act of the legislature of the state of Kansas entitled, an act relating to corporate towns and villages and approved February 25th, 1868. And whereas by an act of said legislature entitled an act to revise and amend Chapter 26 of the Laws of 1868, providing for the organization and government of cities of the third class, and to repeal the Chapter 108 of the General Statutes of 1868 relating to towns and villages, approved March 2nd, 1871 said town was declared to be a city of the third class and whereas there was a failure of election for officers of said city at the time and in the manner prescribed by law and whereas there are no duly qualified officers of said city now therefore notice is hereby given by the undersigned a majority of the board of trustees of said town of el dorado now in office that an election will be held by the electors of said corporation at the law office of W.P. Campbell in the said city of El Dorado, Kansas on the 12th day of September, AD 1871. For the purpose of electing a mayor, police judge, and five councilmen, said election will be conducted under the general election laws of the state of Kansas and the returns thereof made to the board of trustees of said town of El Dorado, now in office. J.C. Lambden chairman, T.B. Murdoch, C.M. Folks,
0: Trustees, dated September 1, 1871. So it looks like J.C. Lambton was chairman of the board of, board of El Dorado town company by
1: 1871.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a great, this is a great segue into the topic for today. hmm Ready for our lengthy title? Uh huh. Guess I'm keeping for tradition with that title. Drum roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Original founders of El Dorado and El Dorado Town Company and other towns they founded. <laughs> Perfect. This is a good time for a spot break in our programming. And now back to
0: our show. Learning that Lambden was associated with El Dorado's early years. Does that mean he was first in the group to arrive in Butler and Hunter County?
1: So he was not in that original settlement party that was led by Cracklin in June of 1857. So uh, we have a previous episode where we talk about that uh, settlement party Mm -hmm. leaving from Lawrence and then heading out to Great Bend and then not finding a good place to set up your tents. They came back this way, and that's how they found Eldorado. Uh So after they did that, then they sent word back. So he had written that article mm-hmm. that first appeared in um, the Lawrence Republican, I think is what it's called, the Lawrence paper. And thus, subsequently, it was reprinted in other papers. And it was his letter stating about the trip and um, about this location. And it was an advertisement to get more people to come down because they were kind of a small party but they needed uh more people to create a town mm-hmm. so we have a couple of waves that then follow after that groups of families and so one was in july of 57 and then we have august of 57 so still early was we'll still count as a as a founder and early settler but just not in that what i think of as that first Founding group, you know, we found him. I get confused saying founders and then the, the finders. Finders? Yeah. So, uh, so, he was in the August 1857 group. And um, uh, in, so we have, I'm trying to think of the right word to say it. We have in Judge Mooney's book, The History of Butler County, character, like sketches, but we also have personal kind of testimonies from people. So, I know we have to really go back and find primary sources sometimes when we're looking at these histories right. make sure it's just not a passed down story right this was a first-hand account so in mooney's book he has first-hand accounts and there's one written by martin vaught so in martin uh, Vott's testimony he says that in 1857 jc landon and his son ralph along with Martin Bott and his wife, Mary, and George T. Donaldson came from Illinois. So they had all come together and they were coming out to pioneer and find, mm-hmm. find new land. And they stopped first in Emporia. And uh, according to him, there was maybe 10 or 12 tents. That was it. It was just a fledgling little, wasn't a real city just yet. And, uh, and they were like, well, it's nice, but we're going to keep on going because we heard about this El Dorado in the paper. And so they were joined by William Woodruff and his wife, whose name we have not found yet. Um, James Leander, Horace Cole, who was also joined by two brothers. And so the three of them were referred to as the Cole brothers. And that's where we get Cole Creek from oh. and Cole Creek Road, which, which we know of today because uh, that's where they had settled. So pretty neat piece of history. Um, his, Stephen White, Israel, Tom, and Dave Scott were three brothers, and they were also joined by their mother, Mrs. Durakin. I uh, don't know her first name yet, but it looks like she had, uh, had those three boys first, and then she also had three more, because she was also joined by her sons, Bob, John, and Reuben, and they all had the last name Duracken, so... First okay. three Scott, and uh, William Rice, and finally Prince Gorham Davis Morton, who they I referred guess. to as Pegleg. Ah, he oh, had a, peg leg. He had a wooden leg. Ah, yeah. So he had he had lost his leg, and uh, they called him Pegleg Morton. Okay. I don't know if that was out of, out um, of respect, affinity, or, or, mm-hmm. or yeah. teasing. <laughs> But uh, so they there, this whole group now were led by um, a gentleman I N Barton. He was a college professor from Maine. That's about all I found. We got to look. Well, he had quite some. the
0: journey from Maine to Kansas.
1: Well, and, and a lot of them did. I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Morton had come from Boston. Okay. So a lot of these our early founders they had come out here from back East, definitely Massachusetts, a lot of, a lot of them from that area, okay. but also Illinois, and they were moving to find land. Um, you know, when I first read this, I thought maybe, was this who Barton Community College, Barton County was named from? Yeah, that'd be a fair no. question. I know it was, I thought, well, he's a professor right. and he yeah. probably started his own college. Not so much. You know, my conspiracy theories. <laughs> so I go looking, is that true? Barton County is named for Clara Barton. Ah. The nurse. And it is the only county in Kansas named after a woman. That's a fun fact. That is a fun fact. So I was like, well, that's okay. So it wasn't named after this fellow, but I learned something anyway. Yeah. So so they all came together then. Uh, this Barton, he was the college professor, but he was also a scout. He had been around in the area, and he kind of knew where some good places were. And uh, when he said, hey, we're looking for that place that they're talking mm-hmm. about, He's like, I know where it's at. I'll take you to it. So they came down and settled in the area that is was eventually then known as Chelsea. Okay. Uh, just a little further north of that first group. And um, and their town was named by Morton, Peg Lake Morton. He was from Boston. And uh, he's, he wanted to name it Boston. And they were like, uh, no.
0: They outvoted them. No.
1: Yeah, they not want to call Boston or New Boston. So then he suggested Chelsea, which was a town near there where he lived, and uh, they liked it. And so this, um, Chelsea stuck. And so this account of this story was provided by Martin Vaught and he was in this group. Okay. So I feel... That's uh, a pretty good firsthand account for a primary source. Right. I felt pretty good about using this, at least... For clues to go looking for these people,
0: yeah, because that's quite the large group of individuals. Mm-hmm. It gives us some more clues to track down and stories, mm-hmm. and a good timeline. Yeah,
1: like you said, just to kind of help us place where these individuals were um, in 1857 in in August, and you know, they they started Chelsea, which, I mean, we're talking about El Dorado here. But El Dorado is the county seat of Butler, but it didn't start out that way. Right. Because El Dorado was officially in Hunter to begin with. So it was the county seat of Hunter and Chelsea was the county seat of Butler. And when the boundaries changed, the rivalry. Mm, it begins, the competition begins. That's right. <laughs> so it's, it's really
0: important to kind of
1: include that history here, but also the, the individuals that kind of cross over. Right,
0: In like a larger context. You can talk about timelines. It was important to have some idea, the context. They just weren't plopped here in 1857. What, what was happening in the state and in the nation? Sometimes the world is important as well, just mm-hmm. to understand their um, their drive. What was motivating them? Mm-hmm. For sure. The concerns.
1: So this gives us uh, some more clues. And something that we, I wanted to know a little bit more about Judge Lambden now, because after reading his obituary and finding out how kind of involved he was with early Eldorado, I now wonder how did he go from Chelsea to becoming the chairman of Eldorado town company?
0: I wondered that too. Like what was that journey from Chelsea and that movement? And what, what was the, the what drove him to come? Because
1: in 1871, Chelsea
0: was still there. Yeah. That was the primary focus. Mm-hmm.
1: So I wonder what our conspiracy would be. Cause if we're going to go looking for something, we got to have, yeah, I get that I a direction. Right, yeah. Well, so I, you know, I like to reference um, Augusta's books. Augusta, so we we found some stuff in previous, a previous ad, episode. Augusta's journal, so there's a series of them. And they we do have some for sale here. We do. Um, Augusta Stewart was the daughter of Sam Stewart. And she was, he was in that first founding party. I was just going to ask you that. hmm yeah so she uh so sam stewart had two daughters augusta and ada and when he they were in lawrence when he was imprisoned mm-hmm. with the other free staters and when he got out he had planned to all along find a new town he left augusta and ada there in lawrence while they came down and got El Dorado started so she follows and she keeps a journal she was keeping a journal before she got to El Dorado that just She has very good kind of clues for us to look for. Um, So in her book, I thought, well, does she talk about Judge Landon? And she does, because I thought if she's here and he's here at the same time, it's possible that they cross paths, especially if somehow he becomes the chairman of Eldorado Town Company, Mm -hmm. which it started out that Sam was the president of Eldorado Town Company. And uh, Sam Stewart, I think she's not talked, she doesn't talk about him in this book. Um, at some point, we also see where Joseph Cracklin says that he's the president of Eldorado Town Company. So Sam Stewart was killed by, um, well, he, he, he's sort of unnamed. He's referred to as Worldly or Worldly. They never really tell us his name. And I don't think they actually knew it. Uh, there's some questions about the incident that led to Sam Stewart. It's murder and uh, so when we are introduced to Judge Lambden it is after Sam Stewart has died and he is helping Augusta and Ada and Augusta is now married to uh, spoiler alert she gets married to Jacob Chase and um, they are um, looking to sell her father's interests in the town company the sawmill which he he built and uh, their claims. So they had three claims, his, Ada's, and Augusta's. And so she's married to Jacob now, and they're going to move away. And so she talks about it in her diary, and that's where we find some good clues to begin with. Um, and I'm reading out of, let's see, page, I'm in volume three of Augusta's journals. So this is January 1859 to July 1860. So this was right after Samuel had died. And um, and this looks like the kind of the first time that, that we were introduced to uh, Judge Landon's and she says, I knew one of Judge Landon's sons who had a claim between Indian Creek and Emporia. I thought I'd take my chances in stopping there to inquire the judge's whereabouts. Father had surveyed Judge J.C. Landon's claim in Chelsea the summer El Dorado was founded and i have met one of his sons there the following spring. As luck would have it, Judge Landon was returning from a territorial council meeting and was visiting this son. So she introduces, this is how he first comes into to contact with her. Um, and she asks him to help with the sale of her property. We took our new meal with him and explained my current situation and asked him to do some legal work for Ada and me, so Ada was her sister, helping us get father's claim and sawmill ownership transferred to us. He said he'd be glad to do it. I didn't go into great detail about our plans as I wasn't sure of them myself, but I left it at letting him know that by midsummer Ada and I wanted to have the opportunity of selling out our El Dorado claims if we so choose. So this was kind of sort of the beginning. So she has three claims for Eldorado. Her father was a founding member. I'm starting to see where JC Landon has an opportunity to maybe purchase into
0: Eldorado. Oh, okay.
1: I mean, I don't know, that's my theory. My no, conspiracy. No, a great theory. But so he's he's gonna help her with the transfer of the sales of her shares and ownership and then her property in ownership in the sawmill. And uh, so, so this is kind of when she first talks about him. Then she mentions having another meeting with him. So a little bit further in the book then. So ne- this is page 290. For anyone interested in reading the full story. But um, the next day, she so she's um, visiting with uh, Mr. Martin, Henry Martin, about... Um, him possibly purchasing some of the shares. He's already a shareholder at this point in Eldorado Town Company. Uh, he says, uh, he said he actually owns two shares, uh, and the ninth share belongs to him as well. So I'm not sure how many shares there were. I feel like there were um, 15, right? 15 or 16 in that right. original group. Right. Should
0: be right. And they
1: divided those shares up among them. Um and so they were kind of tracking down who had which shares. And so he said he also owned the ninth share. And a year or so ago, he bought bought it from the owner who went off to the goldfields. So we see how Mr. Martin also, because he's one of the very early, he came in that second group in June, just maybe even two weeks later, not that long. Um, so he had bought in uh, pretty quickly. And I think he's the only remaining original owner by 1868. Landon is. No, Martin. A oh, Martin. I'm still talking about Martin, okay. sorry. Yeah, that's no, okay. Uh, I think so, sorry. Go- I know Mr. Martin's gonna be a whole another topic. Oh yeah, but- I do
0: like Mr. Martin. Yeah,
1: but just to see how these relationships and where the connections come in. Right. Um, and so, so he, um, he's being considered, you know, he's considering these purchases. So she says, uh, Judge Landon arrived <laughs> She describes him, in a fancy one-horse, two-wheeled shay, and we got right down to business, uh, the judge had located her father's original filing of the three claims, which is great because
0: we haven't even found those. Yeah, claims. I would like to know where she found that. We probably aren't the same office anymore, but that would be great to find. I think the office has moved. It may have moved at this I, point,
1: yeah. I feel like it was probably in a home, humble, humble, it doesn't say here, but um, so that's a good a good uh, point to make that if you're looking for old land claims today that were filed in offices that are no longer in existence, um, finding those claims, I think they could be in Kansas City at the land claims office. Yeah. Some things may be at the Historical Society under the territorial information. In Topeka. Oh, Kansas Indiana. State Historical mm-hmm. Society. Yeah. Kansas State Historical mm-hmm. Society. Because we've got to remember this was all happening before Kansas was a state. Yes. And so so we're not sure where those are. But I'm thinking they're either at the Kansas State Historical Society or in Kansas uh City at the Land Patent Office, I think is what it's called. We'll
0: have to look that up.
1: The name of that. Yes. So the National
0: is there a branch of the National Archives. Yes. yes like
1: mhm and they that's where all, all the original land grants and mm-hmm. filings and patents and stuff okay. are um so so he said there were some questions as to the the land purchase and that they just need to make sense of all of his estate before actually selling mm-hmm. the the claims because they were still settling settling up his estate so so she really documents her beginnings with or her dealings with Judge Landon, the transfer of the sales of that, those land and the ownership in the Eldorado Town Company as well as the sawmill. And uh, um, we know that Henry Martin goes on to purchase the uh, interest in the sawmill. And it looks like Landon goes on to purchase the interest in the town company because we see later uh, where that's at. Now that is some more primary source that we'll, We'll keep digging for, um, but just having kind of a and these clues give us a direction to go looking. Right. So, so this these are really great. I know we've shared it before. This is a prime. This was taken from a primary source, her diary. Um, it was edited after the fact, uh, not only by herself, but then by the family who have published uh, these books. But there's uh, four four books in the yes, series. Yes, four. And a lot of great resources will be referring to that throughout the whole series just because there's so many great, again clues.
0: And we're very fortunate we even have a document like that. Some, sometimes it's, you're not as lucky to have an extensive because that's an extensive mm-hmm. volume of on our early counts. history. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh,
1: aside from this, I haven't read any other except we're going through and finding the original newspaper articles and yeah. that kind of thing. But uh, this is, it's good to, to verify, help us put all the pieces together. Right. So, so we got some answers to some questions. Yeah. And we have more questions. Um, but um, I think some of these, uh, some of these future questions can be in future episodes. So, Henry Martin.
0: Definitely a future episode.
1: And, uh, and maybe even uh, some more about Chelsea I
0: and so. El Dorado. We might have to build some background on how that competition begins Mm
1: -hmm. and Mm then how it develops. Mm -hmm. And, and just the dynamics of all these early settlers, you know, there weren't that many families. So we can see how their lives intersected, how families maybe were married and uh, joined together. And even in this situation with Martin Vaught, who came here with uh, JC Lambden, judge Lambden, his, um, his wife was Martin's
0: sister. And, and when we were talking about that, then you pointed out to me. Yeah, Mr. Sh- um, Mr. Sheldon is the nephew to mm-hmm. Martin Vaughn.
1: And Mr. Sheldon is the editor of this paper. Yes. So it's just kind of all, is interesting um, also in that it gives some weight to some of the, the information shared. Not only because it, there's that personal connection. And he wasn't just writing an article about another citizen who
0: died. That's a really valid point with somebody who he knew very well mm-hmm. I'm not sure how close but mm-hmm. he knew him mm-hmm. close enough so that yeah it wasn't just a bystander for him. Mm-hmm. for sure
1: so I said I think that's I think that's it if our listeners or viewers are fans subscribers <laughs> if uh, if someone wants to learn more about judge Landon or Chelsea or any of our founders or any of the topics that we discussed here today how could they do that
0: they can come on down to the butler county historical society kansas oil museum and use the resources in our research library you uh, we are located 383 east central in el dorado or you can give us a call and set up a time if, if we're during some off hours and if we're here and if we're not and especially in these crazy times mm-hmm. just give us a call and we can help you out
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So be sure to tune in next time where we will hunt for history here on Everyday El Dorado. I'm your host, Deanna Vaughn.
0: I'm Suzanne Walenta.
1: So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Celebrating 150 years in El Dorado is brought to you by Everyday El Dorado in conjunction with Golden Road Studios, the Butler County Historical Society, home of the Kansas Oil Museum, the City of El Dorado. KBTL 88.1 The Grizz, and our series sponsor, Linda Baines, realtor with Sun Group Real Estate and Appraisals. We're so very grateful for the support that makes this series possible. Be sure to tune in each week on Wednesday at 12 o'clock on KBTL 88.1 The Grizz locally or streaming online by visiting kbtl.butlercc.edu. And in the words made famous by Paul Harvey, you'll be able to hear the rest of the story. All views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or positions of Butler Community College or KBTL 88.1 Griz, El Dorado, Kansas, Radio 4 Butler. <laughs> Here on Everyday El but keep an eye out and an ear open for your source of information on the fine art of living well every day in El Have a great day. No, I'm
0: not a writer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but-